Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Tammy Phillips, and we will be talking about her new book, Animal Way Showers, The Lightworkers Ushering in 5D Consciousness. Tammy's newest book is a warm and heart-opening guide to understand, support, and honor the sole missions of our animal companions. Animals are natural holders of 5D consciousness. The extraordinary animals who have chosen at soul level to live alongside humans are light workers on the front lines of the animal kingdom's mission to help people to heal, evolve, and attune to their divine purpose as well as assist in raising the vibration of the planet and collective consciousness to 5D. Tammy is a gentle and compassionate healing practitioner for humans and animals, a certified interface therapist, bioenergetics, and an award-winning author of two best-selling books, Animal Soul Contracts, and Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions, and her third book, Animal Wayshowers, is bound to be another bestseller. She is a pioneer and international educator on the Animal-Humid Sacred-Soul Partnership and creator of the groundbreaking new healing modality, Animal-Human Tandem Healings. In essence, Tammy's life's passion is about raising awareness of the higher purpose in the heart of every animal and human experience, ailment and issue, and exploring its capacity to expedite healing for all human beings. For more information, you can visit her website, which is www.tammybillups.com, and that's T-A-M-M-Y-B-I-L-L-U-P-S dot com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Tammy to the show. Good day, Tammy. Hi there. Thanks for having me, Robert. It is my pleasure. I'm looking forward to our conversation, as I'm sure all of our animal-loving friends <laughs> listening, looking forward to it. So, so, let's, let's, I'm sure. I'm confident. <laughs> so, uh, let's first start with what inspired you to write this particular book? Oh, that's, yeah, let's start there because I wasn't, I don't know, like, if other authors feel this way, but each time I finish a book, I say, I'm never writing another one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I That's say, common. no, it's too hard, it was too much, I'm not going to go through that again. Um, and yet, uh, when it comes through and you feel it in every part of your, every cell in your body, then you think, okay, I have to do this. This is part of my soul work. And what happens in this particular instance is that I started 
becoming aware that there were certain animals that I was working with and their people around the globe that they were kind of, I don't want to say ganging up on me, but they were gently urging <laughs> me that there's something more for me to write about on behalf of the animal kingdom. I feel as if this book is is written for the animal kingdom in particular. So I got to, I've gotten to know many what I call animal wayshores throughout my years of practice that are really on the front lines of the animal kingdom's mission to unearth a new time on our planet. And so I feel like there were particular animals I must have partnered with at a soul level that said, write this book because I want to share what all animals are doing for us. I don't think, I mean, we know some things that that animals are doing for, for us that seem very obvious, but they have a higher purposeful mission. And so I wanted to be able to relay that through through this particular book. Yeah, that's great. Now, um, some people are kind of natural animal lovers, and some aren't. So can you tell us, um, you know, for, for those who may not kind of, you know, consider themselves animal lovers or, you know, or just maybe ambivalent, um, why is it is it important for them to um, maybe open up to the idea, you know, of, of being more receptive to Animals. Well, I would say that um, for those of you who maybe aren't necessarily as uh, feel a real deep emotional connection to animals, I mean, first, it could be that, you know, that's what your soul lined up is that you're partnering more with people than with animals for your growth. But mm-hmm. animals can provide a wonderful, uh, a, w- a wonderful partnership for you to evolve in ways that you didn't realize they could. And so maybe opening your mind to the possibility that these beautiful animals in our world are also uh, part of our soul journey and can help us with our growth as we can help them as well. So I would just say stay open-minded to the possibilities and maybe look at them from a different perspective and say, oh, okay, maybe I'm just unaware of, of the message, how they relay their messages to to me so that, and, and realize the importance that they can play in your life um, for not just play and companionship, but there's much more. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, see, I would have considered myself not necessarily, I mean, I've had a couple animals um, as pets, you know, early in my life, but, you know, haven't in, in many times. But I would say that, you know, from the time I started kind of focusing on my photo- nature photography, I've captured animals, um, you know, kind of doing their thing. And uh, and then I would, you know, look up as to look up to find out maybe what the symbology would be, you know, you know, that was before I can kind of opened up my mind to, you know, what they might be telling me, but, you know, to, to look and see what the symbolism is and then would find out that, you know, hey, this actually, you know, is important for me to kind of look at right now and and, uh, and be thankful for that. So, um, you know, for me, it kind of opened up that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that realization that the universe might be using these nature animals to bring you a message in some manner that will be helpful to you is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, they can be creative, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so, 
animal wayshower. I've never not heard the word wayshower. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the idea um, about, you know, about that particular uh, phrase? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I began hearing the term wayshower maybe 20 years or so ago from a spiritual teacher that I used to go watch talk, and she would use it frequently. And, and basically it is, it is a play on the words show, the, show us the way. You know, so a wayshower is, is someone that is, is has been around the block, let's say, a few times, and maybe has is able to hold a higher vibration than others. It doesn't mean they're better, of course, not at all. Everyone's where they are in their journey. We we are all evolving at the uh, the right and perfect pace. But there are those that have experienced more, and and that we're uh, looking to learn from. And I consider those people and animals wayshores, and that ability to hold that transformative healing presence. They're usually the people that we want to emulate, that we see has gotten further along maybe in their spiritual journey than us. But there are animals that are also uh, a little bit further along on their spiritual journeys, and and they have a wonderful capacity to hold a particular vibrational healing space for those around them and are serving greater numbers. So... Um, so that's the term way shower is just it just means that they're showing us the way from a higher you know a higher frequency. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like you know the that not every animal um, is necessarily a way shower in in the sense of vibration. You know, um, mm-hmm. it, like like humans, <laughs> you know, there are some mm-hmm. vibration is, is a little higher than others. You know, and, and of course, everyone is right and perfect in their particular experience. You know, for themselves, mm-hmm. for the soul context. But um, so it sounds like very much the, the animal kingdom ref, uh, is reflective of very much the, the human uh, condition. Yeah, absolutely, and. And I think there are more animals that are able to hold uh, a higher vibration just it's just because they're, they, they tend to stay more connected to source, stay connected to a higher vibration and live more from both sides of their brain, if not more from the right side of their brain. And so they are able to, to stay more conscious, I think. And that helps, that helps with the flow of energy and holding that vibration. So I think there are more... I think all animals are probably light workers on some level, uh, mm-hmm. but there, yeah, but there are uh, a smaller amount of those that are actual way showers, as I see it. Yeah. So now the the subtitle of your book is "The Light Workers Ushering in 5D Consciousness." So some of my listeners may not be, you know, versed in the idea of, you know, three. I mean, 3D, they probably know, but the idea is three-dimensional, four-dimensional, and fifth-dimensional. So can you explain to the listeners, um, like, the difference between those various um, dimensions and how the the animal resources kind of fit into those dimensions? Absolutely. So, as you said, we're, we're pretty familiar with 3D. <laughs> we, we know 3D. Uh, humans, we know the duality. We knew, we know that the, you know, how divisive it can be. 
um, of right or wrong, good or bad, you know, uh, most emotional wounds are created in 3D. Most traumas are created with the vibration of 3D. And that's a, that's the thing to remember is that each, each dimension, you know, has a, a frequency. And so if we're only holding a 3D frequency, then we're going to be having 3D experiences, which are more good and bad and right and wrong and victim and suffering and all those lovely things we humans have the opportunity to experience for our growth. Um, but then as we, you know, are able to, you know, we do more inner work and we're able to hold a little bit higher vibration, usually, usually our soul will plan something out that will kind of catapult us into 4D. And that's usually through trauma. We have some type of an awakening, uh, maybe more of a connection with nature, whatever it would be. And we start doing our inner work and looking at things from a higher perspective and we hold a higher vibration. And there's less suffering in 4D than in 3D. And then we get to 5D and that's, that's where we're all wanting to hang out <laughs> because that's where a lot of animals are already, you know, living where they can walk in a room and they can intuitively know who needs to get outside to play, who needs to heal, who needs who needs comforted. Those, you know, we, we maintain that intuition and there's less suffering. There's actually no suffering if we're always living in 5D. And know that we all have glimpses of all of these in any given moment. I mean, in a matter of seconds, we can have feelings that are in 3D, 4D, or 5D. We can have those beautiful feelings of bliss and gratitude where tears well up in our eyes as we look at someone and we just realize how much we love them or how much they bring to our lives. And that's a 5D moment. Feeling forgiveness, love, connected, knowing we're all one. You know, these are all feelings that we have in 5D. And so animals are really, they, they've got this down, you know. Not, of course, they're all having their experiences as well, you know, that, and they have their karma, they're clearing. But more than not, they are living in 5D and modeling how to speak telepathically, how to, you know, just an easier overall way. And so that's kind of the cliff notes for how I would describe it. And, and animals are going to show up for us where we are. They are going to push our buttons if we need it, you know, and they are going to be the, the one that doesn't listen to you if you need reminded that you need to work on that issue. So they're, they're going to, they're going to meet you where you are. Well, that, yeah, that's, that, they do, I mean, that intuitive nature of animals to me is just, it's, uh, it's, it's just awe-inspiring. For, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's the idea of, of being able to, um, size up, you know, the room and size up energy um, quickly um, is, is certainly a, a talent um, worth experiencing. Um, now, in your first book, Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions, um, you identified some core emotional wounds of animals. You kind of alluded to the idea, you know, they're, they're going kind of through their thing, you know, as well. Um, so, um, and, and I, I've just read the Animal Wayshores, so I haven't read Soul Healing yet. But so, can you tell us a bit about the, you know, the core, you know, emotional wounds that animals may have? 
Absolutely. And these are the same core wounds that people can have. And I learned that very early in, in, in the process, yeah, in that they're going to be mirroring their person. So there's animals, we know lots of animals that have been abandoned, right? That's one of the emotional core wounds. That's probably the most prevalent. Uh, because often they're taken away from their moms before they fully get to feel nourished, mm-hmm. you know, completely. Or, or maybe they're the one in the litter that didn't get uh, filled. But there's it, So that sets up a pattern. So there's abandonment, there's invasiveness, there's betrayal, there's terror, and then there's a, a, one that's more detachment from self. And, and that's where a lot of perfectionism comes into place and uh, a lot of guarding of the heart in that one in particular. And those are the five that people have as well. So, you know, you're going to call in. And that book, that book I really get into how we will call in. If we, you know, if we have an animal that has separation anxiety, it's never just about the animal, even if it's been with ten other people before you. Um, there's always going to, the animal's going to show up so that the person can then say, okay, let's look under the hood and heal your abandonment. When we do it together, we get to heal it faster. <laughs> so, oh, okay. so, so that, that's how that will kind of show up for people. They're always willing to partner with you on this and they will, and it will stick longer. There are certainly, I get into the, in the book, I, I talk about how to identify which whole wound they have how to help them move it out, you know, different tips that, that you can always be using with them to, to help them heal it. But then it also points out which ones, you know, what you can do to help, you know, if you look under the hood and look at your own issue that's mirroring it, how that will be more withstanding. Then it's going to be the long-term fix. I've worked with a lot of people, and the animals immediately will uh, – you know, beautifully pivot out of the emotional wound, but if their person is still in it, they're going to start taking on that energy again. They're going to start mirroring that again, and they'll revert until the person says, okay, let's go there. And then that's when that's when it'll stick. That's when the animal will say, okay, now we're doing what we came together to do. It's really extraordinary. Wow. wow. Now, you, when you mentioned um, number five, that's attachment from self and, and the heart aspect. Um, in, your, in your book, um, you indicate that animal companions are guiding life, showing us the way to our hearts. Um, so can you, you know, talk a little bit more about that, um, that heart connection um, with them? Because it seems to me that they are just a... Uh, a living example of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they certainly are, uh, and and for those those of the listeners that have had lots of animals, we know that they can you know they're arriving in your door a lot of times with their own stuff. You know, uh, most of the time they are these beautiful unconditional love buckets that are always going to be there for you. But sometimes they're in their stuff as well. So when that happens, that's when you know that, okay, it's time to to begin looking at where you might have protection around your own heart and not allowing in that unconditional love. So it's so important to really drop to your heart as much as possible with your animals and know that there is or imagine that there is a, a, an energetic cord from your heart to theirs because they at a soul level always, 
always wanting to show you love and show you the way to your heart and show you your capacity to love and allow in love. At a soul level, that's what they're wanting, and that's what's going to raise the vibration of humanity, which is really their their soul mission. Okay. Good. Um, now, part part one of your book um, is, you know, the Lightworkers of the Animal Kingdom, and it kind of talks about, um, you know, that animals are wired to serve. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the idea of um, how um, different ways of animals um, um, displaying service, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, we have, you know, service animals, I mean, we, you know, and we have, you know, examples of, you know, some um, specially trained um, animals as far as being able to detect all kinds of things. Um, but can you talk a little bit more about the idea of being wired to serve? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they are definitely wired to serve from the moment that they arrive in your house. And, and especially a light worker animal or a way shower animal, they're going to want to work with you even more. And so this, you know, if you are a light worker, which you, you probably are if you're listening to this program, then, uh-huh. then you want to, then you want to more consciously look at your animals as how can, how can they assist me or how maybe are they assisting me? Because more than likely, and even, even though I'm in here, I know most of, you know, and my cats are outside in, in lying in the sun right now in my bedroom, um, I know that they're helping me with this interview. I know that they're serving me. I know that they're, you know, that they're high-fiving or they're adding their little beautiful blend to whatever words I'm finding to speak through them. And so that's one of the ways is that knowing that and identifying that they're helping you grow all the time. Even when you think they're just sleeping 10 hours a day, they're mm-hmm. absolutely helping you. One of the, one of the stories uh, in that chapter, in that particular chapter about wire to serve, that I love is about, um, uh, well, I think it's in that chapter, Pepper, this little dog that, that is, and it, to me it's a great example in that of what animals are doing because Pepper, when, when her mother, who she's very close with, um, was thinking about getting a divorce, every single time her mom would, would make an appointment to go look at apartments, all of a sudden Pepper would become immobile and not able to walk. Mm-hmm. And she would, she would start crying and rush her to the vet and, and say, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And the vet would say, well, I don't see anything of what's going on. And, and, and so, you know, it might just be her breed and it might be this and this. It might just be her spine and just take her home and watch her. And, and then she'd take her home and the dog was just fine, running around within no time. But then she'd muster up another date where she could go look at apartments to move out and she'd get ready to get her keys to move out, and then all of a sudden the dog would become immobile again and <laughs> could walk on all legs. And this is just showing you at how much an animal is willing to do to get you back on course. Now, Pepper ended up, you know, once, once her mom realized, oh, my gosh, I think it's connected to the fact that she doesn't want me to move out. <laughs> 
she doesn't she doesn't mm-hmm. want me to get divorced. And then she began having these open conversations with her husband, and they rectified everything, and they changed things, and their marriage grew stronger because of it. And they, to this day, credit Pepper for saving their marriage in a way that she would not have. You know, she would have probably moved out, and the divorce probably would have happened if Pepper had not caused her to stop and look at things and then recircle with her husband to look at, okay, what can we do to reframe this? What can we do to build our marriage? And so that's just a small example, of course, of one of the things they're they're willing to do if you look at it from a higher perspective. They're always responding and they know more they know more than you consciously know about yourself. <laughs> so you need to wake up to to what their gifts are for you. And it's different in every situation. But knowing that they want to serve you, that might give you an opportunity to maybe include them in your work more consciously. Maybe allow them to sit by your feet or if you conduct circles or, you know, for healing circles or whatever it is that you do, that you allow in the animals to help you because that's part of what they signed up to do with you. And they'll also help you from the other side. Even from the other side, you can call upon them, and they're going to be helping you heal in some manner or capacity. Giving them permission and being conscious of it is what's going to create these beautiful ways that they are wired to serve you in humanity to allow them to come through more easily. So have you done much work with individuals whose animals uh, have passed on or who are in spirit? And and if so, can you um, maybe give us an example uh, of one that maybe comes to mind? Um, yes, there's, um, there's, oh, yes, many times. I mean, I remember, I remember one, one session I did a few years ago, uh, it was a distant session, of course, because I hardly work with anyone that's local, but I was Mm -hmm. working, I was in the middle of a healing session with a woman named Anne, and I think this story is in the book as well, and I knew that she had a cat on the other side that she was very close with. And that's another tip is that there's usually, if they're a way shower, usually they were a big, um, they were a big role model for you and they helped you through a time of great transformation in your life such that you never forget that particular animal. That usually means that they're, they're holding a, a bit of a higher vibration for you. But in this case, she was having a session and, and immediately after the session, when she gave her debriefing of what happened, she said that Mr. Her Kitty, this, this, her soulmate Kitty on the other side, had come through and she could suddenly feel him sitting right on her, you know, right by her right shoulder as she was lying down. And then she felt him reach out with his paw and put it on top of her heart. And immediately there was an explosion of light and she began crying, uh, and just releasing beautifully and immediately felt better. And that was the first time that she had had that exact type of experience with Mr. in that capacity. But then now she's had it, uh, I believe, more regularly because she's aware of that possibility that Mr. still wants to be helping her, even from the other side. Yeah, so now... 
in your opinion, do the um, animals, you know, obviously in, you know, in the incarnation, in the physical incarnation, you know, they um, are, you know, type of, you know, that particular, um, you know, physical aspect, you know, and, and then moving over then into the spiritual aspect, do you feel that there's a um, distinction um, between, you know, in, in the spirit realm of, of the, I mean, will animal always be an animal in, in spirit and in physical, or, or is there, is it just um, the, um, the idea of that energy form? You know, I'm, 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 whatever I'm trying to, mm-hmm. you know, discern is, is if, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we'll, uh, an animal who maybe crosses over, you know, you know, keeps that some, you know, that kind of energy, mm-hmm. energy form to be able to help. Um, is it possible, you know, that that form changes, you know, to, to some other kind of assistance? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And, and of course, we'll know for sure when we're on the other side. Uh, but my belief, based on, based on what I have seen, is that, you know, th- that there are certain, certain animals that, uh, sometimes they're even from our soul group, you know, and maybe they've incarnated into an animal body to help us with our growth. And so the fact that they might show up or she sensed Mr. as a kitty again is is to help her with the familiarity factor. I'm sure that they've taken on, you know, each each of us, I believe, based on what I have, you know, seen over the last two, you know, two and a half decades, is that we can we have free will and we can choose to to be in whatever forms, whatever bodies, temples that we'd like for our personal growth. Um, I would say that, you know, as I sometimes am shown, you know, the animals of the people's past lives, and, and often an animal has been an animal before, but um, but any anything is possible, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and the idea of being part of a soul group, to me, that you know, that resonates with me, the idea of, um, you know, you have that particular group, and um, they will um, appear um in a particular form that is of most usefulness, you know, to the individual. You know, it, mm-hmm. my my thought is, is that you know when we cross over, you know, if if you were raised Catholic, you know, you're going to be kind of, you know, welcomed in a setting, you know, that is that, or if you're mm-hmm. you know, Muslim, or or you know, you know whatever mm-hmm. your belief system is, is that you're going to kind of be greeted in that particular. Um, uh, energy so that number one, <laughs> the transition is not so shocking, you know, and that it just kind of eases mm-hmm. one into a different state of existence. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, great. Well, we are halfway through the show, Tammy, already. This is going well quickly. So I want to take just a quick break. Um, and then when we return, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, part three of your book, you, you give uh, attention to the idea of readers doing some sacred work. So I want to talk about uh, what that might look like and what some of the listeners might be able to do to get started, okay? Okay, great. 
right. Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Tammy Billups, and we are talking about her new book, Animal Way Showers, The Lightworkers Ushering in 5D Consciousness. And again, you can find out more about Tammy um, and all she has to offer with her books as well as uh, her uh, consulting support uh, by visiting her website, which is www.tammybillips.com. And that's T-A-M-M-Y-B-I-L-L-U-P-S dot com. Okay, with that, we're back, Tammy. Glad to be back. Great. <laughs> okay, great. So, um, part three of your book, um, you, talk, you give some attention um, to the idea that your readers can do sacred work, you know, um, the idea of creating um, habits and rituals um, um, for 5D practices. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, first of all, why did you, you know, include this particular um, segment in, in your book? And, and can you maybe give us an idea of, you know, a, uh, a ritual maybe that, that would um, be a demonstration of what, what readers can do? Absolutely. First, I'll I'll say that um, I, I, this was this is a really important part of the book because when we are able to embody 5D consciousness, the animal kingdom is, is so excited. This is what they're wanting us to do is to look at ourselves and look at how we're showing up and look at our habits and look at how we're living life and model and show us the way to to live in 5D consciousness which is what we're all wanting, of course. We're all wanting to not have suffering. We're all wanting to embody the virtues that animals model for us. So so I wanted to write this part so that it will give you some tools as to how do you do that? Where do you start? What are the, you know, what are the, some of the habits that, that we can put in place so that we can have an easier go of things? Because that's, that's going to, that's going to make the animal kingdom very happy. 
So, I, you know, to give an example, well, I would say first make sure that you just ground your intentions on wanting to hold a higher 5D consciousness. I mean, one of the things I say when I get up every day is, God help me make 5D choices today. <laughs> and because it's all about choices, right? And and we have options for that. And depending on how much inner work we've done and maybe we're not into self-sabotage as much or whatever that would be, we have to find the courage within to take the action steps to feel better, to, to, to create the habits and the practices that we know are going to benefit us. And so, so grounding your intentions, stating your intentions is a, is a great way to start. And then, and then I say, you know, some of the things, you know, having a gratitude practice, we know that would be a high vibration. You know, the ultimate habit of, of self-love. There's a lot of different things you can do to maybe set each day and, and just allow in love from your, you know, the highest aspect of your soul to flow into your heart. Because when we are able to create self-love and we're, we embody that vibration, then you can bet every aspect of our life going to reap the benefits of it. And I, I guess I'd want to point out vibrational awareness. Vibrational awareness is, you know, where, where's, where's your attention going? You want to be aware of your vibration in any given moment. So kind of take stock of what you read or watch or listen to. And if there is more of a 3D duality or maybe even violence theme, you might want to take a step back and considering shifting to options that lift you up. And keep your power by opting for what feels right for you, of course. But as frequently as possible, love yourself enough to make choices that enhance your vibrational frequency. You know, you want to be aware, of course, of current events, but without triggered into kind of the lower dimension. So when you feel triggered by something, kind of detach, breathe into your heart and intentionally connect to a higher power, to your higher self or whatever you call you know, simply the frequency of love perhaps. Because we know triggers are merely indications that there's something going on within you that needs to be healed and released in healthy ways. So... So that's, that's, I'll start there, you know, uh, with maybe if you can just tune into your vibrational awareness and be more proactive with where your attention is going, that's really going to benefit you. Yeah, that's a great place to start. And, and if there's anything that, you know, creates any kind of angst, you know, um, do what you can you know, to, um, you know, to change. Like you say, I mean, it's all about choices. Uh, and where we put our attention is is what is going to manifest for us. And, and if we're watching something that is, um, you know, the violent, I mean, just watching the news, <laughs> you know, for, like you said, you want to be aware, but, you know, I mean, it can be, um, it can really kind of drag you, drag one into, um you know, just a, a sense of, of hopelessness and of despair, and, and um, you know, those are things that right. we certainly want to avoid if you can. So, right, um, it's so easy to get sucked yeah. into that. You know, <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Now, you in, in your book, um, you talk about various types of uh, modalities, you know, for um, healing. And there was one story in particular that I, I enjoyed, and I would like for you to share with the listeners, and it's about 
um, I believe it's Raglan, uh, the cat, um, who was um, at Good Muse Animal Foundations, which apparently is, is where your friends came from. <laughs> and uh, so, and, and the idea of a vibration, vibrational sound therapist, uh, Michael Burke. So, can you tell us about um, about that? You know, um, just in, it's a good. I think it's a good example of. Um, a particular healing modality that many of the listeners may have heard about, but never recognize, may, may not recognize the positive effect it could have on animals. Yes, yes, and a big shout out to Good Muse is where I got my two kitty brothers, and and uh, <laughs> they are this progressive, beautiful, free roaming uh, cat room for the adults, and then they have a, a separate free roaming room for the kittens, and and they were really. Uh, uh, gosh, they were one of the first to ever, you know, even offer up that cats can live in this free roaming, you know, instead of keeping them in cages, right, you know, and mm-hmm. which is such a healthier, better way of, of living. And, and and they were one of the first to have yoga with cats, and that's been probably 10 or 15 years ago, and they were all over the place. They were, they were uh, in the news about that. And now, of course, they have yoga with goats and everything else. But when I was talking to them, I said, you know, have you ever thought about doing sound journeys in your big room? Because I know a guy, Michael Burr, and he does this fabulous sound journey where he sets up a table. And he brings, of course, there's Himalayan uh, singing bowls and flutes and gongs. You know, there's all types of instruments. And sound journeys are this beautiful way for you to, for your body and soul to respond to a particular vibration and allow organic healing to come through it, through the sound. And it's extraordinary. It's just another one of those beautiful ways that can raise our vibrations so that we can hold a higher vibration and allow organic healing to uh, to naturally flow. And so Michael began uh, donating his time to doing, I'm not sure how often, maybe weekly, maybe biweekly, these sessions where he would set up his table in, in their big free roaming room and people, there'd be people, of course, amongst all the cats and they'd be laying on yoga mats and they'd just think into going to sleep. Well, Raglan in particular, Raglan is a cat that they didn't notice initially, but when they took her in at the first vet visit, they realized that she's deaf. Mm-hmm. And once in the big cat room, she did not lay out the welcome mat to people very well. And it's probably due to her lack of, of that sense of being able to hear. So she was always a little proactively protective. And so people would try to pet her, and she would just, you know, she'd kind of come at them. And so she didn't lay out the welcome mat to her heart very easily. And yet, when Michael was set up, and the, the room is filled with all of these cat trees with the different levels of beds and whatnot, and there there's always a line of cat trees right behind where Michael was playing. And it, there was one evening early, and all of a sudden feeling her energy right now, which she got a home, by the way, and she's happy. But um, he was he was playing the flute, and Raglan initially was was sleeping on his cat bed right right behind his uh, right behind him. And as he played the flute, all of a sudden he felt Raglan stepping onto his shoulder, and then Raglan, you know, drawn to the vibrations of the flute, sat down on his shoulder, and he just continued to play. And then she kind of leaned in. 
and tried to get closer to the flute, just drawn to it like a magnet, and almost like touching it, but wasn't where her nose got just a couple of inches from the flute, and she was just this, you know, loving, you know, kind of leaned into it, was giving Michael these these kind of hugs on the side of his face, and and he had this moment with her where he was so moved, and I cry even telling the story because. He just he felt her response of gratitude and love for the sound and how it was positively affecting her. And I won't forget it, you know, the story as he told me, and he was crying when he, you know, reviewed it again with me. And, um, and I just thought, geez, you know, that isn't a perfect example of how sound can help people because whenever he did these sound journeys, she was approachable, people could pet her, because she was feeling this loving vibration. And gosh, if animals can feel it, it can be just as powerful for people, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. You know, the, the idea, particularly um, being deaf, and, but the, the feeling of vibration, you know, the, the idea of, of the vibration being um, attractive enough to to be drawn to, you know. I mean, I think that you know, for for many of us, when you know we're you know, like listening to the to the crystal bowls, you know, I mean, we are just um, you know drawn in by the sound, you know. Um, but there is that um, invisible vibration, you know, that goes on, but that also affects our state of being. Yes, yes, it can, and we don't realize that that's even possible. But as we sink into the soothing vibrations, and now there are so many uh, facilitators globally, and it is about you, you do need to be careful with each facilitator. You know, you want it to feel good, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But it is amazing the uh, how beneficial the soothing sounds yeah. can be to our to our being and get us so that we can live more in that five D consciousness. Yeah, yeah, very much. Now, speaking of hearing modalities, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, you have um a a modality that you created, um, a new healing modality called animal human tandem healing. So tell us about that, how that came about and, and um, what is entailed? Well, thank you for asking about that. Tandem healings are something that I, on a whim, and this has been more than a decade or so ago, I thought, I wondered if it was even possible for during an energetic healing session if I could connect to both the animal and the person. And I was drawn to to want to do that out of, you know, as I spoke about earlier with with seeing how the animals, I would help them and they would heal, but then they might revert because their person wasn't along the journey with them mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. heal similar emotional wounds. And I thought, well, gosh, I wondered if, if the person was open to it and they wanted to connect formally, could I connect to them both? And would the energy then go to that maybe mutual wound where they're both holding a wound of, of abandonment or betrayal or invasiveness? And would it be able to help them release and clear it together such that it could have long-standing results? And so I put together a tandem healing case study. That's my second book, Animal Soul Contracts. I have a lot of case studies in there that I did for tandem healings. And overall... 
uh, it was a fabulous outcome. And and in in every case where where it was it was a positive outcome, the person was willing to say, okay. I'll I'll look at my my part in this. I'll look I'll look under the hood and do my portion of of partnering with my animal to help us heal this together. And so that became my signature um, service. I would say more than any other. And sometimes we start just with the animal. Frequently, what happens is we start with the animal, and then the person says, "Okay, I'll try the tandem now." And then all of a sudden, we're only <laughs> doing the, the sessions on the on the person, and the animal's fine, and they're doing their own thing because the person is seeing the value then in going deeper into their own wounds. And frequently, animal lovers are really focused on how can I get my animal feeling better at this level of my life that I don't want to lose? How can I how can I help them feel better? And know that the bottom line underneath of it all is when you feel better, they feel better. And so when you join forces with them, then they're going to be able to, to feel better in the long term, the short term and the long term. Yeah, I think, you know, there's... Um in the way it's human nature to, to want to be able, you know, to help someone else first. <laughs> you know, let me, yeah, let me help with good intentions, you know, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think the um, idea, animals would be able to display the need for healing, um, you know, it would be much easier to to see, you know, an animal in need versus having to do that introspective look first. Yes, absolutely. You know, we know our, no one knows our animals better than we do, and we can look at them and, and instinctively know because our heart connection is so pure what they need. And so we think, you know, and this is normal, this is a human thing. We think of if our, if those around us feel good, that we'll feel good. <laughs> and, and of course, there is some, some truth to that. But yet, we'll keep having, we'll keep lining up people that we need to fix around us until we then uh, look at the mirror for ourselves as well. And that's and that's it takes a lot of courage to do. You know, it's always with good intentions that we want those around us that we love to feel better. But when you can take the journey together, why not do that? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Now, in your book, you also you you give several stories, you know, in addition to the one that you you shared already, um, that were, you know, transformational types of um, connections, you know, between an animal and their human companion. Um, so can you, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, the uh, maybe one of one of those stories um, that. You know, in particular, you know, kind of stood out to you as um, uh, a a good example of the collaboration, you know, between the animal and human. Mm, a good example of collaboration. Um, they're all great examples of collaboration, and but <laughs> I, the one that uh, I, I, I always yeah I always because it's like you know which one do the kids you like best. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm very drawn to the story of Elaine and her horse, Maverick, because they both had very traumatic, um, well, with her as a childhood, and with him, he certainly, they, they both had a kind of a theme of they weren't wanted, 
from very early in their lives, and Elaine experienced, a, a, you know, from sexual abuse to being abandoned, um, betrayed, and she didn't really have anyone she could rely on, and Maverick was the same, And but, but all of her childhood, she was drawn to horses and wanted a horse, and, and, uh, and from the moment when she was 13, when her dad heard tales that there was a horse that was going to auction and was being kind of dumped at a really cheap price when they went to meet each other. It was just this beautiful reunion because, you know, here she was 13 at the time and Maverick, as soon as he walked into the area where they were and there were two adults and Elaine, he just walked straight up to Elaine, took this big inhalation and then he started strutting around like a peacock, showing off his feathers around in circles, and then he circled back to her and just gave her this big slurp on the cheek, like, you're here. We've, you know, we've reconnected. And then, you know, in that moment, he was the first being that really looked at her and said, I love you. You matter. And she felt it. And he began to help her you know, heal her wounds through ways that she didn't even know she needed. And they, he was always his force to be reckoned with. And, and it was probably even, he would always go with her. She would take him, you know, to college with her, you know, obviously boarded him, you know, at a farm close by. But they began doing a lot of service work together. And their service work was he would, he would do birthday parties and, and he would, he would have his hundreds of children on his back over the life of his soul and he just re- he just recently passed in, in last year but uh but they they would always handicap children weddings um helping children that maybe had been thrown off of horses before that thought horses weren't safe he would reintroduce them he was a master master healer and as soon as he would walk up to someone uh you would feel better and the thing of it is is that Elaine went through her through her own transformation, and Maverick was always modeling for her um, how to show up in the world. But she was always drawn to help others through him, and they partnered together. They helped heal each other, and it was an extraordinary relationship that um, that I think is probably still continuing even with him on the other side. Yeah, no doubt, and you know, in. in you know, with her transformation, it certainly, I'm sure, opens up the the door to to being able to, you know, bring other Mavericks, you know, in um, to be able to um, be of service as well. Yes, and that's one of the things she does now. I, I, she she takes on the horses that are going, you know, to slaughter and. And she mm-hmm. helped survive and heal them. And she has many, many horses now on her farm. I think it's in Kansas. And she's doing beautiful work in the world. She's, she's, she's definitely embraced her way to herself. That's, that's great. So, fast, we're down toward the end of the show, Tammy. So, what, what is it your hope, um, that the, uh, the new book, Animal Way Showers, um, will have? What, what's your hope for, for the book? Mm, oh, that's such a great question. My hope is that people will view the animal, all animals, domesticated animals, even animals in nature, they will view them from a higher perspective and sink into the wisdom that they're offering 
such that they can embody 5D living. So my hope is that people read this book and that it heals, heals something within them such that they can have um, less suffering and more love in their lives and learn to partner with animals in a way that maybe they weren't before. Great. That, that's wonderful. Now, um, people, if people want to get in touch with you, um, they can obviously through your website, um, but also on social media, correct? Oh, yes, yes. I'm, I'm on all those. <laughs> There's Tammy Billups <laughs> Healer is my Instagram and my Facebook, Tammy Billups Healer. And you'll find, uh, you'll find my information there. All my master classes that I have based on the, the contents of each book are on my website as well. And uh, we're connected on Facebook, and I do want to thank you for for your uh, liking some of the things I bet I posted. So I, I appreciate the Your beautiful photos. Yes, I love your photos. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. So thank you, Tammy. Uh, I really appreciate your time today. I'm looking forward to continuing um, our connection and conversation, and um, I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it so much. I appreciate your time. You're very, you're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Tammy Billups. We've been talking about her new book, Animal Way Showers, The Lightworkers Ushering in 5D Consciousness. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is www.tammybillups.com. And that's T-A-M-M-Y-B-I-L-L-U-P-S.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.